Hey, y'all. I know what you're thinking. Oh, my God. Not another podcast. And I agree. You know, I'm typically that person that doesn't listen to podcasts either. But my name is Will Johnson, and I'm here to bring something a little different for you. This is the At Homish podcast, creating spaces where we belong. In my day job, I'm a director of equity and inclusion. I do consulting for school districts and organizations to really create spaces of belonging for all of our students, staff, individuals, clients. And we, we do that through making sure that we're creating brave spaces where people can be themselves, can be authentic. Because a lot of times people are afraid to show up for a various number of, a re- number of reasons. Sometimes people don't trust themselves. They don't believe in themselves. And when we have those situations, what ends up happening is we have anxiety, we have depression, we have withdrawal, which leads to so many different situations. And so if you're listening to this podcast, I want you to know that the expectation is we're going to bring in guests. You're going to hear things from me to really help us to be more, how can I say, positive with ourselves, see ourselves in that light of, yes, I belong here. I have value. I matter because you do. We all matter. And how do we create safe spaces for people who are either like us or different from us? So another purpose for this podcast (laughs) is is to be able to improve our our capacity to reach a larger audience. I I work in the Snohomish School District currently, and as far as consulting contracts, because I have a day job, I haven't really sought out many more, but I'm aware that there are multiple communities and school districts and organizations that that could benefit from this information. So I just felt it was really important to, to take some time and put content in a way that's accessible for people that I may not be able to interact with on a daily basis. Now, for those of you who know me, I tend to be more of an introvert. <laughs> people are like, well, you're always talking, really. But my thing is, I I love hearing people's stories. I do tend to be that listener to really hear where people are coming from. And more importantly, where are people going? Because if we think about our life's journey our, our past doesn't define us. It helps us to identify where we've been and where we, where we may be at a current moment. But ultimately, how do we determine where we want to go? What do we want out of life? And so this podcast is all about creating purposeful language. Uh, I was talking with a colleague of mine and they're like, yeah, you know, you don't say a whole lot, but when you do, it has meaning, it has purpose. And so I want to create that space for you for those around you. And I I hope you get something out of this podcast. I look forward to being that voice of of reason and purpose for you. (laughs) I do want to take a quick moment to communicate why the concept of at-home-ish is so important to me. This isn't my home, but it feels like a home. I grew up in Georgia. And when I think about how I grew up, I feel we had a, a great family dynamic. Love my mom, love my sister, love my dad. And, you know, just wasn't the, the TV type of family. Not that it had to be or needed to be, but it, it, it was what it was. It was a space that provided for me. When I decided to leave home and join the army, then the, the, the soldiers, the barracks, that was my home. 
it was my, my friends. I didn't have family with me, but I had my fellow soldiers and, you know, people in the community. And that was now home. And so after getting out of the army and traveling around the country, uh, it was in Alaska, was in Texas and now in Washington. I have, you know, friends and people I'm connected with across the country, but maybe not a true home. And so I remember when I first started in Snohomish, we were having a conversation about family and having a conversation about friends. And I just moved to a new community. I have no family that's right here with me. My friends are in other places where I work. I have no friends in this space. But it was really powerful in, in talking with a group of our district leaders where they just kind of wrapped around me. And I'm like, wow, this feels like home. And then when I visit schools and students see me, they're like, oh, it's Mr. Johnson or it's Mr. Will or it's Will. I feel like I belong and it feels like home. When I walk in the streets and people see me and they're like, oh, hey, you're doing great work. We love that you're here. It feels like home. And so even though this isn't my home, it's at home-ish. And it means so much to me that you're taking the time to listen to my podcast. For this first episode, I'm going to provide a brief introduction to the work that I do and what DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion means. I understand that, you know, there's been a lot of confusion or mixed messages, I should say, in the media around what it is. But what I strive to do is create entry points for people to help assess awareness, attitudes, and then determine what actions we want to take with this work to create communities of belonging. One of the things I want to talk about today is the work I do as far as with equity and inclusion. In the state of Washington, our current program is called CCDEI. And for any of you who have ever worked in education, you know there's like letters and abbreviations for everything. But what CCDEI means is cultural competency, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Okay. Another little breakdown is SEL. Maybe you're familiar with that one, but that is social emotional learning. I want to talk about how CCDEI and SEL are actually a, a combined concept. Okay. I'm going to start with what I feel may be a safer and less divisive approach, which is social emotional learning. Okay. SEL. Work with me now. When we talk about social, it's about how we interact with one another. Okay. It's about how we show up when we say emotional. It's about how we feel. So when we combine social emotional learning, it's understanding how our feelings and our emotions impact how we show up and interact with one another and the importance of learning about that. On a deeper level, there's a term called emotional intelligence. And when we talk about um, my consulting, which is called Leadership EQ, EQ means emotional intelligence. How aware are we of our emotions, how we're feeling, how we describe them? So a good example of that is if I say I'm angry or well, are you angry? Are you mad? Are you frustrated? Are you flustered? There's so many different terms that can go with this disgruntled look that we may have. Right. And the better that we can identify what our emotions are, it really helps our social interactions. So with social emotional learning, I have to reflect on a time when I was teaching and I had a student who was 
having some, some behavioral challenges, to say the least. And what often happens is we may want to bring a person in to work to stop the occurrence of the behavior or to be additional hands on deck when the behavior occurs, because it, it can be challenging if a student is disrupting a classroom setting or leaving a classroom. And so we're being reactive to the behavior. When we talk about social emotional learning, really it's the approach of we're now teaching what's to be expected in a, in a general social setting, teaching how to be aware of our emotions. Uh, emotional intelligence, for an example, is a term similar to um, intelligent quotient, EQ is a term, but it really helps us to understand what am I feeling? Why am I feeling this way? What led to this? And now what outcomes do I want to have from this situation? And some people might say, oh, well, it's common sense to, to think or act a certain way in a situation, but it's not. It's learned behavior. And that behavior is either learned through, oh, I saw somebody do this. I heard someone do this, or this is just the primal response I have in the situation. So when we talk social emotional learning, it's really about being intentional and in teaching the skills that are needed to navigate our emotions and social interactions. So now let me flip over from SEL, social emotional learning, to CCDEI, cultural competency, diversity, equity, and inclusion. I know it's a mouthful. I want to make it as simple as possible so people understand. One of the core concepts of cultural competency is understanding ourselves and understanding others. There are many different reasons why we feel, think, or act a certain way. Part of it is just our environment and how we're showing up, but it's also our education, our experience, and then whatever our desired outcomes may be. And so when we talk about culture, there's so many different ways to define culture. Culture could be our ethnicity. Culture can be our religion. Culture can be our community. The culture is, is really a, a context of a certain setting that is the, the beliefs and practices for that, that, that time period, right? And so going back to social emotional learning, how do we view the social interactions within a particular context? Trying not to get too deep about it for us for at a moment, but as someone who works in education, think about school. Okay, so I'm going to give you one setting. I'll let you think about that for a second and paint an image in your mind of what school means for you. Okay, I'll, I'll even challenge you to go ask somebody else what school means to them. You might get a different picture, but think about what school means and how we interact with each other in school. What is the purpose of that interaction? What are the outcomes we're anticipating from being in that space? Now let's flip and say, I'm at the park. Do the park and school have the same sort of interactions? Maybe at recess, but in general, no. Culture is based on a context of a situation, but also can vary based on the groups of people that are involved. Going back to the school setting, you might maybe see different behavior in a kindergarten classroom than you would in a high school classroom. Maybe, maybe, maybe it might be the same. I don't know, depending on what school you're in. But <laughs> again, school, same type of setting, but then based on the age, 
and the purpose of the activity at that time, the culture is totally different. So how do we now really unpack what culture means, CCDEI, across various social settings, SEL, social emotional learning? Okay, (laughs) a lot to unpack there. But what I want to do for a quick moment is walk you through, at least in the state of Washington, what our four focus areas are in relation to cultural competency, diversity, equity, and inclusion. The first area is one I referenced earlier, which is understanding self and others. Okay. The next area is student, family, and community engagement, followed by learning partnerships and wrapped up with leading for equity. The way I've, I've worked with helping to facilitate learning in these areas is we can't do anything if we don't know who we are. And so there's this concept called mirror work where we have to pause, look in the mirror and really understand how we show up. OK, once we understand how we show up, understanding our feelings, understanding our wants, understanding our needs, we then take that mirror and put it out into the world. It's like we're looking through a window. OK, and so now we're looking out into the world and seeing how we show up in those spaces and even how our presence impacts the world. I'll pause for a moment, let you think about that for a second. Our presence impacts the environment, right? It's not something that happens in a total vacuum. But how do we impact the world around us? Pause. I feel like I'm covering a lot of information and I feel like I was jumping into teacher mode for a second. But I think that might be a good reflection of just how how passionate I am about this material. But going back real quick to what it means to, to really look at how we show up in the world. And so there's this concept of the mirror where we look at ourselves. There's the concept of the window where we now look outward and seeing how, well, one, what is the world around us and then how we show up in that world. And then even the concept of doors, the sliding glass door, where we can actually walk out and experience different cultures, cultures different than our own. And then come back home because we can, we can go back and forth around, you know, various groups. Digging into the next concept of student, family and community engagement, it's important to understand who we are. It's equally important to understand how we interact with the world around us and at what level. When I talk about engagement, there's some research out there. I know that's, that's the canned phrase, but you can look at engagement from either being engaged or disengaged. When someone is disengaged, there's there's a couple different ways to look at it. You can have someone who's being disruptive. So as opposed to being in a positive way and learning and moving forward, you now have someone who's working in opposition to what you're trying to do. So that would be disrupting. The, the next level is that, you know, someone's withdrawing, you know, and so it's like, OK, well, 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 I'm 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 here, but I'm just kind of pulling back and, and not engaged. And then the another level's avoiding where they're, they're not even showing up at all. OK, when we talk about relationships, it's important to be engaged. Right. And learning it's important to be engaged. And so the levels of engagement include participating. Like, hey, just just show up. If you're present, if you're in that space, 
you know, is it learning by osmosis? Is that the term they use? <laughs> but you're just by being in an area you you can pick up and 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 be present and be seen. The the next level is that you're investing. And when we talk about investing, it's like, hey, I actually have something that I'm now contributing. Okay. I'm I'm a part of this process. This is how I'm actively engaged. And then the, the third level is that you're driving it. And so when we talk about driving, you've now actually come in and you have a vision, you have a purpose and you're moving things forward in a particular direction. OK, once we've taken some time to understand ourselves and others, we've looked at our levels of engagement. This is now where we look at having partnerships. Okay. One of the biggest drawbacks that I've seen with equity and inclusion work is right off the bat, we want to call up a consultant or get someone in who's written a book and nothing against those folks. I love them. I actually have a lot of books and I am a consultant, so call me. (laughs) But, (laughs) But the thing is, if we have that as our first outlet before doing that foundational work of understanding who we are as an individual. And if you're talking about it being um, an organization, who are we as an organization? What's our mission, vision, values before you bring someone else in that might be totally different than what you're looking for or take you in a direction that you're not ready for? And so when I walk people through this cultural competency, diversity, equity and inclusion work, It's really that foundation of let me know who I am. Let me understand how I'm engaging in this work. And now with that knowledge, who do I need to partner with or reach out to to fill either gaps or further the work that we're doing? The final stage, as I mentioned, is leading for equity. And let me even break down for people what I what I mean when I say equity, and I'm saying this in the sense of education, educational equity means that we're working to meet the individual needs of our learners. So I, I know I'm throwing a lot of information out there. And one thing I really want to focus on is ensuring that people have entry points to, into this conversation. Sometimes when people ask me uh, to talk about something, it's like because there are entire degree programs related to the work that I'm doing. I say I can give you the quick two minute description or I can give you a whole two weeks. We're not going to be here for two weeks today, but hopefully in this short time frame of this podcast, I can really kind of give you some key things to stick with. So going back to the four main components of CCDEI, which is cultural competency, diversity, equity and inclusion, which is broken down across four standards, understanding self and others, student, family and community engagement learning partnerships, and then leading for educational equity. With the first core concept of understanding self and others, that's where I was mentioning the concept about the mirror. How are we now looking at ourselves and understanding how we're showing up? And then we look out the window. We look at people who may be different from us and we see them who they are as they are and engage with them through that window of understanding who they are. But then sometimes, because we really want to actually engage and and participate in certain activities, we open up that door and we go out the door to actually experience 
um, what, what's going on in other cultures. So understanding self and others with the mirrors, windows and doors for engagement, which is the next category, student, family, community engagement. How are we actually engaging with one another? And when we talk about engagement, looking at it in two panes of we can either be disengaged or we're engaged. When we're disengaged, we may be disrupting. We may be avoiding. We may be withdrawing. When we're engaged, we're participating. That's, you know, looking out the window and having that conversation or that's investing. Wow, I'm actually going to go outside. I'm going to go out this door and interact with this person or then even driving to where wow, here's my life, what I've experienced, what I believe, and here's how now I want to connect with other people to see how we can integrate our cultures and and do things together. Again, creating that community of belonging. Now that we're outside, we've gone out the door, we're engaged. This is where we talk more about partnerships because we, we don't know everything. There's so much information out there in the world. There's always something to learn. And I remember when I was in the Army, I don't know if I mentioned that already, but when I was in the Army, I had a drill sergeant tell me, hey, soldier, you don't need to know everything. You just need to know where to get it. Do not not know the answer another time. And so when we talk about learning partnerships, who are the entities, whether in our community or further, that we can partner with to improve our collective efficacy, throw another term at you, but what you know, that means is how are we working together to create a more comprehensive product, whatever that may be. Finally, so we, we, we know who we are, we're engaged, we're partnering up. We have the tools that we need to be leaders in this work. And my message would be like, go, go onward, soldier, and, and do the job. Because too often when we, when we talk about accomplishing a certain task, Maybe maybe we're perfectionists. Maybe we're seeking this additional information and validation. So we end up circling right back to that beginning of understanding self and others. And where do I start and how do I engage? No, we did that work of understanding self. We've gotten people engaged. We've got our partnerships. We have our team together. It's time to go win the game. So those four things, if you can remember that, who you are, how you're engaged, who's your partner's and accomplish your mission. Whenever someone asks me, sometimes when I, I tell people my job title, there there's some questions or, or confusion about what it actually means. Because if you're in a space where, let's say most people feel like they look the same or they live the same or similar, they feel, well, we, we don't have any diversity here. And you know, I have to kind of question like, well, have you all lived the exact same lives? Do you like the same foods? Do you live in the same house? We we're we're so different from from each person while yet having so many similarities. And so there was a quote that stood out to me several years ago attributed to Arthur Chan. And the quote basically goes, and I'll, and I'll walk through each one, that diversity is a fact. Equity is a choice. Inclusion is an action and belonging is an outcome. So going back to what I was just saying about we have diversity. We 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 have different wants, different needs, we're on different pathways coming from different places. We may be being the same family, 
but we have diversity within our family in the way we think, the way we act. Equity now is a choice. And what I mean by equity in education, equity is about meeting the needs of someone else. Okay. We can choose to provide something for someone that we may not need ourselves or we may feel we can get ourselves. But if someone is coming to us or they demonstrate a need for something, a good example is someone's having a bad day. Okay. This is a real simple example. Someone's having a bad day, but you're having a good day. You may not need that extra praise or support or validation, but you know who does? This other person who has a need, and we have a choice to provide that need to be equitable, to help them get to where they need to be. Then when we talk about the next one, inclusion, inclusion is an action. And I, I, I will be one of the first to say it's not always easy in our, in our fast-paced world. We have our own things that we're working on. We're running around trying to take care of ourselves, take care of our family, take care of our jobs. But then we see people on the side who aren't being included, who aren't being supported, who don't have access to certain things. And I'm not saying we, we have to provide everything, but just to back it up to a school setting, who's the kid that's sitting at a table by themselves? It's an act to go over to that student and include them. When we go over to that student and include them, wow, they now feel like they belong. So we have diversity across our settings in general. Equity is something we choose to do to meet the needs of another person, which is also an act of including them in what we're doing, which creates the communities of, of, communities of belonging that we strive for. Sometimes I'm asked by people, what, what, is, what is it that they can do to either support schools or support the work that we're doing. And, and honestly, the, the, the biggest thing I can say to people is, you know, have the conversation. I'm sure people know that there are, you know, initiatives across our nation to ban DEI work or to not have the conversation. But can you imagine having a, a need or something that's missing for your, from your life and, Someone doesn't want to talk about it, doesn't want to address it. And so the most powerful thing we can do is talk about it, learn about it, work to understand it. And I, my, my first advice would be to don't just go out on the street and have random conversations with people. Talk about it with with your family. Talk about it with your friends. Talk about it in those spaces where you know you have connections with people and you can have that open, honest, authentic conversation to prepare for when you have to have a conversation with someone, whether it's a coworker or someone in the community, maybe you're in a space where you're seeing someone treating someone uh, in a way that's negative. Someone's communicating, oh, you don't belong here. And you, you wanna say something, but you don't know what to say. But by practicing those conversations in safe spaces or brave spaces with families and friends, family members and friends, you, you can be prepared to to be a, be an upstander is what they call it instead of a bystander and, and just letting life happen. And it's not easy. It, I think about times in my own life where I've seen things happen and I'm like, is it is it safe for me to speak up? Is it safe for me to take action? And, you know, what you have to think about in those times is is the best action to maybe not say something against a person 
but perhaps going in and like, hey, I know this person and and, and it's like, hey, come with me or, or, or something. I mean, there's there are different ways to interrupt it. And we can talk more about that in some some future episodes. But I think the biggest thing I want people to take away from this is DEI is not a bad thing. Diversity is a fact, as I mentioned, it's it's we we all have different backgrounds, wants, needs and pathways that we're on. And how do we just show up for one another? For a while on social media, I had a picture up and the the words I had behind it was, I just want to make sure we all get home safely. There's so many things that are happening in our society right now when belonging comes into question whether where it ends in hostility or violence. And that's not necessary. If someone's just going to the mall or someone's just driving somewhere, how do we make sure that our our mothers, our fathers, our children, our brothers, our friends, everyone gets home safely? That's what I want you to take from this. I, I hope I didn't. <laughs> I, I feel like I, I hit you with a whole lot of information, hit you with a lot of information. But I, I guess ultimately, at the end of the day, I want to I want you to ask the question, like, what, what are you doing to make sure that the people around you feel safe, supported, valued and that they belong? <laughs>